You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can check us all out on Twitter, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Hornets got trounced last night. No way around it against the Boston Celtics. They were on the road. Boston ends up winning 126-94, to and Boston had been hot. They won six of their last seven. Now you make that seven of their last eight. And their only loss was to the Golden State Warriors. And that was that game that was a lot of fun to watch. And the Celtics only lost by like four. And so the Celtics, they're off and rolling right now. Boston ends up winning this one, 126 to 94. And the third quarter was the difference. Probably enough for you to turn off your TV and walk away. If you could do it calmly, more power to you. But that was a frustrating game. I think it was so disappointing because in the second quarter... I thought they showed a lot of fight, and that was a lot of effort they put out there, and from a lot of guys, too. You saw it from multiple Hornets players, and that Kimba steal was awesome. It's usually Marcus Smart that's usually the guy who is agitating the point guard, the opposing point guard. He's all up in his jersey, but Kimba was the agitator on this play. So he poked it. Marcus thought he lost it, gathered it, got comfortable again, and then Kimba stripped it for a bucket, and then got to the other end and laid it up and that was an awesome steal from Kimba there's the one play where the Boston Celtics kind of gave up on a loose ball that went backcourt and you thought maybe they would just get a backcourt violation called on him but Malik Monk he hustles down the floor and then he lets it fly from deep and misses it but still it was the good effort from Malik Monk and pretty much of a head a heads up play to go get that basketball and at least force a shot up and maybe it wasn't the right shot but the effort was there you saw a lot of effort from the Charlotte Hornets last night an effort you know sometimes it wins you ball games you certainly got to put the ball in the basket and play better defense than what they did in the third quarter but I just thought that they really played well in the second to keep that within a relatively close game and then in the third quarter at the beginning of the third you still have a chance but then you get to the seven minute mark you're down four points and Marcus Morris hits that three I think that gets it to 76 69 and then the Celtics never look back from there. Then the Hornets end up losing by more than 20 points. You end up almost, you do end up losing by 30. <laughs> I mean, just ridiculous, especially after that first half performance. And we saw this before on where we kind of felt a little better about how the Hornets have been playing basketball recently. Their defense had been better, but there was one exception, and it was the Indiana Pacer game. And if you want to talk about them allowing 115 to the Suns, then yeah, possibly you would put that as a disappointing defensive performance. But they allowed 125 to the Indiana Pacers, and they allowed 126 to the Boston Celtics. A couple of 35-point quarters in this game that the Hornets allowed. And so we've seen the Hornets. I feel like we have felt a little different about this team. I mean, they had been playing better. You know, you go to that Spurs game, they go on that three-game winning streak, now, they had been winning at a higher percentage. They were taking care of the teams that they needed to take care of. And then they played the Milwaukee Bucks very close. It would have been at least this was a team that had been playing better. But then against the Pacers and against the Celtics, two of the top three teams in the East that they've played in this stretch, 
And remember, the Pacers had Victor Oladipo in that game that they played them. They just completely lose it at some point in the second half. And it was late. It was the fourth quarter when the Hornets lost it against the Indiana Pacers. But here it's the middle of the third when they lose it in the Boston Celtics game. And I thought after they started to lose a little bit, they got completely lost offensively. They had no clue what they were doing. I think Kimba got angry. You know, Kimba was wanting a couple of foul calls. And you see this happen a lot. I've, I've seen some people on Twitter discussing Kimba constantly going at the refs. And you saw it a little bit last season. It's, it's the star thing. You know, you're a star. You want the star calls. And I'm not saying that some of these aren't missed calls by the refs. But too often, I think you see Kimba start to jaw at the official. And then they go down the other end of the court and they score a bucket. And again, Kimba probably has a reason to be angry with some of these non-calls. But then... At what point are you comfortable with him sacrificing any kind of help he would provide on the defensive end because the opposing team just scored? And so then it's like, all right, Kimba, I'm with you. You know, you should have got a foul call. But the Boston Celtics just went down and scored because it was close to a five-on-four opportunity. And we've seen that from Kimba a couple times now. But Kimba, I think that happened a few too many times. Kimba lost his cool. And Kimba, I think, tried to take all the load on himself. Tried to take care of everything. He came up with a three, went to the basket. There was that one play in the third quarter where he had a really nice iso play. Gets to the paint, but then he just loses the ball. And it's an air ball out of bounds because he just couldn't get a grip on it. I think the very next play is when he tries a three-pointer, misses it. And I believe the Boston Celtics were able to score on the possession right after both of those mistakes. And so they're compounded, and Kimba, you know, we try to take it on, and that's fine. Like, we've seen Kimba do that, and honestly, we've needed Kimba Walker to do that at some points this season. But it just, the offense looked lost. And then even then, like, when Kimba would give it up to another teammate, whether it was Nick Batum or anybody, you just saw bad shots forced. You know, the Malik Monk, there was a Malik Monk drive where he tries a little hook shot, and, of course, that clanks. The Boston Celtics get the rebound and go down to the other end of the court. Just a lot of bad shots in the third, and the Hornets never could recover from that. I mean, you're not going to recover from a 20-point deficit in the third, already just one quarter of action left to go. And it wasn't the white towel roster that Borrego put in fully, but it wasn't very good. And you had Devontae Graham, you had Dwayne Bacon getting minutes out there at the beginning of the fourth. They still had Jeremy Lamb, but it's not like that was your best roster that you could possibly get in it. And James Borrego, it seemed like he just kind of took the L at the beginning of the fourth which I'm not even here to chastise them for, but it just didn't seem like they were ready to go. And one other thing about the game last night before we take a quick break, Jeremy Lamb, oh, here's a guy that didn't show up a whole lot last night, only two field goals made for him, two three-pointers, just six points in this game. I felt like the Boston Celtics, one, just defensively were extremely physical, and in the first half, I thought the Hornets answered pretty well. Now, the Hornets scored 28 and 31 points in the first half. So you take that every single game against the Boston Celtics, almost scoring 60 points and a half, hell yeah, we'll take that. But in the second half, you could see the physicality really get to them, and in particular the third quarter when they still had a chance to win. You know, Jeremy Lamb was trying to get by some of the defenders on the perimeter, just couldn't do it. You know, couldn't find his way in the lane. Feel like you see the Jeremy, like it's not like Jeremy Lamb is all that quick anyway. And so you see the chicken wing from him a lot trying to use his elbow to create separation, and a lot of times it works. I mean, he's a big, lanky guy, and you see him get to the paint, and you see that floater from Lamb frequently. It just wasn't working against the Boston Celtics. And so they go on to win 126-94. to 
The Hornets are now 24 and 26 on the season, so still trying to get back to 500. Like they couldn't even get away from it at the beginning of the season. The good news is you can look at the Miami Heat. They lost to the Chicago Bulls last night, so the Heat are the team that is in front of them that you deem catchable. Maybe the Nets are, but the Heat, it's not like they're going to gain any more ground. The Wizards, though, they do beat the Indiana Pacers 107 to 89. So just giving you an update on some teams that are in the standings around the Charlotte Hornets that maybe you need to pay attention to. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with some all-star information just about how the city is getting ready for NBA All-Star Weekend. Thanks again for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll be back after the break. You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Laranaga and James Borrego. Should get the first name right. (laughs) Yeah, well... Maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay, too. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Joe Cheely got his first bucket last night. That was pretty cool. College of Charleston guy. Not only was he not drafted, this quote from Rick Bennell on Twitter last night, not only was he not drafted, but he was also a late addition to the Hornets Summer League team. And then you would he was pretty fun to watch for the Summer League team. A guy that got that two-way contract alongside J.P. Makura. So that was pretty cool to see Joe Cheely enter that game. And, of course, I think they brought him up because Kimba Walker had the next strain. Might have needed some point guard depth, especially with Tony Parker being on game and minute restriction. And Tony Parker didn't play in this game last night. So just in case you were in need of an emergency point guard, along with Devontae Graham, Joe Cheely was there. And that was pretty cool to see him get his first bucket. Imagine that, man. Getting your first NBA bucket in Boston in that historic place. No, it yes, it might have been in a blowout. And your first shot attempt, I think, might have been blocked. I think Cheely's first ever shot attempt in the NBA, I think it was blocked. But still, pretty cool night for Joe Cheely, even if it was a blowout. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. Once again, that's patreon.com slash LOH. So we've got a lot of people Coming to Charlotte for NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm really excited. It does look like I am going to get to go. So we're going to try to give you as much coverage here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll probably be doing some special things. It would be really cool. So hopefully I'll be able to get in the building and try to get to the Rising Stars Challenge. That's going to be held at the Bojangles Coliseum where the Charlotte Checkers play. It's going to be uh, the other two events here held at the Spectrum Center the next two days. So the NBA All-Star Game on Sunday the slam dunk contest, the three-point contest. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I would imagine the city of Charlotte is pretty excited. An estimated 150,000 visitors are going to be in Charlotte that weekend, which it's going to be cool for the events to be here, but I know some people are panicking about the traffic because it's going to be a very busy time here in Charlotte. So just looking at an article written by Katie Peralta in the Charlotte Observer, She says the game takes place, of course, in the weekend, the February 15th through the February 17th date and the week of festivities leading up to it. It will require several street closures and people will also see disruptions to public transit, limiting parking options and a relocation 
of the bus station uptown. So you're going to see a lot of things affected by NBA All-Star Weekend when it comes here in a couple of weeks. Head of Charlotte Police uh, said at the NBA All-Star Press Conference that drivers should try to avoid Independence Boulevard on the Friday afternoon of the event. That would be February 15th. And that's when commuter traffic and Bojangles Arena traffic It could just be awful. And independence already can get extremely awful, especially when you're leaving the city and even coming in. Like it, It's going to be awful over there. So just giving you some information on what you can expect for the weekend traffic-wise. City officials also, according to Rick Bennell, who writes, city officials are trying to make sure Charlatans understand the extent that NBA All-Star Weekend is going to take over uptown and to a lesser degree Independence Boulevard, as we mentioned, Rick also says it's going to be a lot like when the Democratic National Convention was here. And so you're going to have a lot of things go down and traffic is going to be bad. City leaders, again, according to Katie Peralta, city leaders anticipate heavy foot and vehicle traffic uptown the week and the weekend of the game. And so it's going to be extremely busy. Just make sure that you're well accounted for. And I I hope it's going to be a lot of fun. We do have all of the reserves that are going to be named tonight. So we got the starters. We got Kimball Walker in. We're good on that. We don't have anything to watch with any kind of stress tonight like we did even a couple, even last year (laughs) when Kimball Walker wasn't immediately into the All-Star game. We had to go through Goran Dragic. I think we had to go through Andre Drummond. And then Kimball Walker was eventually put in. Should have been put in over Goran Dragic in the first place. But at least he got in. And so now he'll be in as a starter. And so we don't have to watch with any kind of stress at all. Kimba's already solidly in. He'll be a starter in this All-Star game and uh, we'll be good on that front. So once again, we'd like to thank you for joining us here and we wanted to give thanks to the Essex Home Studios via 7.30 The Game ESPN Charlotte. But as we always do, when I'm going solo, got to give a shout out to the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. Uh, if you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing that you want to do and that's make more sales. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the guy? they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. So as we're recording here, we get the tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, who's going to talk about the Anthony Davis situation. Perhaps we will still, but we do have a little bit of an interesting development, at least, on the Knicks side of things. So reporting with Zach Lowe and Ramona Shelburne, again, Wojnarowski tweeting this out, says, in meeting with management today, Knicks forward Chris Dapps Porzingis expressed his concern with the losing franchise direction and an uncertainty that a culture is developing that will enable sustainable organizational success. He said Porzingis wants to play for a winner in New York, but is searching for clarity on his future role with the team and Nick's direction. Porzingis, out with an ACL injury, can be a restricted free agent this summer. So, we do look at what Chris Stapps Porzingis wants to do. Now with the Knicks, it seemed like being on the list of Anthony Davis, if you listen to the Low podcast, Brian Windhorst kept saying that Anthony Davis had a short list of teams that he wanted to join, and the New York Knicks 
probably on the downside of that list, but it was on the list. And so you wonder with the New York Knicks, maybe losing Porzingis, certainly losing the faith of Porzingis, whether Anthony Davis finds that less attractive, I would imagine he would. And also I saw Nada talking about Kimball Walker on Twitter after this report came out about how that has to be less attractive for Kimba. You know, we've talked about the possibility of Kimba Walker going home. How attractive would that look now? You know, it would have to be Kevin Durant going to the New York Knicks, which apparently is a possibility. But if he doesn't, and Anthony Davis is looking at KP not really wanting to stay there, and KP finds a way to leave, or they, I don't think they would trade him, but, you know, who knows what happens of this situation. So it, it can't be all that attractive to Kimba. And I want to get Nada and Doug. That sounds like a Nada and Doug conversation to join me, and they should be back with me tomorrow. So we'll try to get more into that with a couple of co-hosts that are gone today. We'll try to get them back in tomorrow. We can talk a little bit more about the Knicks side of things on their pursuit of Anthony Davis and potentially, you know, when free agency does hit and Kimball Walker does hit that market and he's still a Charlotte Hornet. We'll see if the Knicks are in play whatsoever. I want to get to some listener questions and comments real quick before we end today. Uh, I want to apologize to Michael Jones. He hit me up on Twitter a couple of days ago, and I never responded, so I apologize. He said it was about the podcast that I talked about uh, with Mitch Kupchak and trying to make a move possibly for another scorer to go alongside Kimba Walker. Michael Jones says, quote, It sounds like you think Kimba is Batman needing Robin, but I think he is Robin in need of Batman. Or are we talking about two different levels of success? And thanks, Michael, again for the tweet and asking the question. We'll answer it here. I just think, and I think it's perfect the way you phrased it. Like, it does depend on what kind of level of success that you're defining. I'll tell you this. Whether you think Kemba is Batman or not, whether you think he's Robin or not, I think we can all agree that Jeremy Lamb is not a legitimate Robin for any kind of success that a fan would realistically want. I don't think fans want to just go to the playoffs and then lose in the first round. And it certainly looks like that's what the Charlotte Hornets are going to do. But, of course, we want to keep Kimbo. We want to try to get this roster better. And so it's not the only goal that we have. But Jeremy Lamb's not a legitimate Robin. And so to take a next step, right, the Charlotte Hornets, we're not talking about championship-level success. And we're not doing the rings culture thing where championships are the only thing that matters. Like, No, we, we got to take what the Hornets are doing in context right now. So the Hornets just got to take another step. Kemba Walker has never been outside of the first round. Never won a playoff series. So that's the step that Kemba Walker needs to take. That's the step that we need to take. It's the first time they will have won a playoff series since the early 2000s with Diddy, with David Wesley, with all those boys. Like, that's the next step that we need to take. And I think you can have Kemba be a Batman and win a first-round playoff series. But you got to get somebody better, better than Jeremy Lamb. And this is coming from a guy that likes Jeremy Lamb. I like him on this basketball team. You know, I don't want to overpay for him this offseason. But this is a guy that you've been able to rely on for the most part this season. He is somebody that can consistently give you 14 points. But I think we all understand that Jeremy Lamb is not that second bona fide guy that is either a fringe all-star or an all-star. You know, Kemba's a starter this year. Like, that kind of gives you some Batman points. <laughs> I'm with you that Kemba's not a star. He's not the number one star on a championship team. You know, there, with today's day and age, he's probably not a two on a championship team. Today is just ridiculous. Super teams have gotten drunk with power, and that means more than two superstars 
And I just don't know if Kimba matches even the second superstar in a championship-level team. But we're asking the Charlotte Hornets to just win a playoff series. And if you have Kimba as your Batman, and you go out and you get a guy that I've wanted, like a Marcus Saul, can he be the Robin? And can you actually flirt and with a uh, with a first round playoff series and actually win that thing? Like, yeah, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. Certainly better than what you're doing right now. Like, it's certainly a chance at it. And so that's what I want to see Mitch Kupchak do. And it kind of goes along with our next question from Patrick Connor. He's written in a lot, and we appreciate him for it. So, friend of the podcast, Patrick Connor. Quote, I don't think Kupchak really knows if he's going to be a buyer or a seller at the deadline yet. I think he's just going to wait and see where the team stands leading up to it. And the thing I have to say about that is, can you imagine if they don't make a deal at the deadline? They're going to go into this offseason banking on Kimball Walker re-signing, which he says he wants to do, and we've talked about this before. I'm inclined to believe him that he wants to stay with the Charlotte Hornets. But how different is this roster going to look if Kimball Walker signs this extension next season? Not that you're going to be throwing away a season next year, but can you realistically expect any real step up if the same exact roster is here in 2019-2020? Because how is it going to change all that much? Now, the only difference that you would see is Jeremy Lamb moving on to another team. That is, if they don't re-sign him, then it's really not looking all that different. But it's Jeremy Lamb re-signing with another team because he's going to get more money, and then you would bring in another player that would cost, I, I don't, it'd probably look around like just, just into the double-digit million side of things for the Hornets. You know, you're going to opt into Tony Parker's contract because, of course you are. I mean, the guy has been phenomenal for the Charlotte Hornets this season. And then you're looking at your first-round pick I mean, how realistic is it to think that this is going to be a roster that changes a whole lot? And so if Mitch Kupchak does not make a deal at the deadline, maybe he can do it in the offseason. You know, that that's certainly possible. And maybe Kimba trusts Mitch Kupchak enough to where they can make a deal. But at that point, you know, Jeremy Lamb would be gone. So, I, you know, you don't know if there's any team that wanted Lamb for any kind of rental piece to help them get to the playoffs because their bench needs a lot better play or they just need another score on the team. I guess the contracts do get shorter if you wait till the offseason. So maybe they're a little bit more tradable. And maybe that's some kind of plan that you have with Kimball Walker. So maybe that's the way that the roster changes. But I think the big thing about this is you would not make a deal at the deadline. And then you would risk losing Kimba. Like, it, we can, again, we, we can believe Kimba. But that's, that's a lot of risk to just believe that Kimba is going to stay here without any kind of roster change. Unless you and Kimba, meaning Mitch, unless they have talked and Kimba believes Mitch Kupchak wholeheartedly that Kimba, it's just too hard to make a deal at the deadline. We're going to stay, we're going to stay firm with our roster right now. We don't want to lose any of these rotation pieces because it is tough to do it during the season. You lose a couple of guys to make a deal happen and you try to figure out your rotation in the middle of the season. Like this is why they're more prevalent during the offseason. So unless Mitch Kupchak and Kimba have an agreement where Mitch Kupchak says to Kimba, listen, Kimba, we're, we're going to stay in Pat. We're going to stick with this roster. And then you just got to trust me this offseason. We're going to get your deal done. You're going to get your money. 
You're going to get paid your big boy money. You've already been here on a small contract, and we appreciate you for that. So you are going to get paid your big boy money, and then we're going to try to find you some help. And then we're going to try to get ready with our new roster, whatever that next guy that we're trying to bring in, whoever that is, we're going to try to get ready for the next season. But just stay with us. Be patient with us, and we will go out there and we will get you a guy. We will get you a legitimate, either that's Robin or an equal to you. And I don't know who that would be at that time. You know, if Marcus All is still a guy that you would want, it would be a player option. So he would, ha- he would of course, opt into his contract, and you would still imagine him tradable from the, Mil- from the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And then you don't know if there are any other stars that maybe Mitch Kupchak would be able to talk to. So maybe this doesn't happen at the deadline. I'm, I, that's, that's possible. But if you don't make it happen at the deadline, then what you're doing is you're banking on Kimball Walker just re-signing because he's going to get his money, but he's also just going to be cool with the roster staying the way it is at least right now unless you have an agreement on Mitch Kupchak making some type of move this offseason. So thanks again for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Lockdown Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Doug and Nada, they'll be back with me.